0: Well, hello, welcome back to Revive. Uh, We're so glad that you decided to join us tonight for uh, another lesson, Lesson 2 in this series that we started post-Strength to Stand Conference, post-Revival and D-Now, talking about the concept or the idea or the question of what's next. You've probably asked this question before as you're trying to figure out your relationship with Jesus and you make a decision, you make a commitment, and you think, okay, now that I've made this, what do I do now? How do I take this and move to the next step? Last week we talked about what are you remembering. Sometimes we don't always remember things clearly, or sometimes we don't always understand what God is calling us to do. And so we talked about setting up spiritual markers or having things in our lives that remind us of God's promises. So hopefully you took the little pebble or stone or the promise from God that He was speaking to you last week. You've put it somewhere in these last seven days. You've been able to look at it and remind yourself. Mine is in my Bible. My little stone is on the ledge in the back. And a promise that God has been reminding me is that He will fight my battles for me. God will fight my battles. So the things in my life that I've been trying to take care of myself, I just need to give to God and trust that He'll take care of. Tonight we're going to look at lesson two and the idea of what sets you apart. What sets you apart from the world? What sets you apart from your friends or things around you? And we're going to open up with a question that I want you to think about. And the question is this, how would you describe yourself? How would you describe yourself? If somebody were to say, maybe they've never seen you before, or they just met you, and they would say, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. What, what are some things that would come to your mind? We can get some answers. What do you think? What are some things that you would just describe yourself as, like a word or two? Awesome. Goofy, awesome, outgoing, outgoing. Passive, passive. 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 passive, tired, <laughs> hard working Did I hear dumb or young? <laughs> dumb. dumb. I hope you don't describe, I don't I hope you don't think of yourself as dumb, but maybe. What? What uh, All right, we're getting a bunch of words. So you get the idea though, right? You get the idea we have in our minds things that we would think that we are. And really the words that we would describe ourselves as whether they're true or not, dumb probably being one of the ones that are not. We start really identifying ourselves as the words that we use to describe ourselves. When we, really what we think we are is what we become a lot of times. And so hopefully if you're hardworking, then you'll say, you know what, I might not be able to accomplish this task, but I'm going to work hard because I'm a hard worker and I'm going to get this thing done. Whatever it is in your life, the things that describe yourself set you apart from the other people around you. Because even though we live in a kind of a cookie-cutter society where everybody is supposed to look the same and think the same and act the same, or so we're told, God uniquely and wonderfully made you and designed you for a specific reason and for a specific purpose. There has never been and there will never be another person like you with the skill sets, the abilities, the family, the situations that have happened, Even out of the billions and trillions of people who have ever lived and who will ever live, there will never be another person like you in the world. And with that comes the unique opportunity for you to make your own impact in the world that nobody else can make. Nobody can live life exactly like you can live life. And so this asks the question, what sets you apart then? Are you trying to conform and look like somebody else when God has called you to look like you in your own skin, with your own likes and dislikes, with your own abilities to share the Gospel? So are you trying to hide what sets you apart to look like everybody else? So we talked about last week the Israelites, and they had just done a pretty miraculous thing in that God parted the Jordan River. They were able to walk across this river on dry land. They got stones from the river, set up a monument with the twelve tribes so that they could remember the faithfulness of God. And now they're about to do something that will set them apart physically from the rest of the world. Now. There is uh, some advantages and and I guess you can maybe look at disadvantages of preaching straight through a book of the Bible. And to be honest, I mean I'm just gonna be real straight with you. When I first came to this scripture, this would be one of the passages that typically I would skip. Because you could kind of get bogged down in what's going on. And it might even be like, have you ever done that? You're reading a Bible plan and you get to some Scripture and you're like, I don't really know what's going on there. So you just kind of skim it and then get to another section that looks better. Maybe that's just me. But this is one of those sections you might kind of read and skim and go, I don't really know what Ryan is going to say in here. Like if you were to read ahead, or I don't really know how God would speak through this passage. So I just want to go on ahead and upfront and say, when, when we start reading this Scripture on the screen, you're probably going to be sitting there thinking, where is this going to go? And that's okay because this passage, as difficult as it might be for us to get through at the beginning, has some tremendous truths in it on how God was calling His people then to set themselves apart in a physical way, but now us thousands of years later are called to set ourselves apart in spiritual ways like they were physically. And so we're going to dive into the Scripture. We're going to be in just nine short verses. And we're going to continue to see this idea of what sets us apart. And so the Bible says this, When all the Amorite kings across the Jordan to the west, and all the Canaanite kings near the sea heard how the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, they lost heart, and courage failed because of the Israelites. So these were the guys on the other side. So we see that the Israelites have finally entered into the promised land, the the gift that God said that He was going to give to them. They had waited thousands of years to be able to live in this land that was there. They have just crossed on dry land. Talked about that that last week. They set up these stones so they wouldn't forget. And now these kings in the land that they are entering have heard of how God has been providing for them up to this point and all the great miracles. And it says that these kings were discouraged because of it. And so at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelite men again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelite men at Gibeoth Heroloth. And this is the reason Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt were males and men of war. And they had died in the wilderness along the way... "...after they had come out of Egypt. Though all the people who came out were circumcised, none of the people born in the wilderness along the way were circumcised after they had come out of Egypt. For the Israelites wandered in the desert forty years until all the nation's men of war came out of Egypt had died because they did not obey the Lord. So the Lord vowed never to let them see the land He had sworn to their fathers to give them, a land flowing with milk and honey. And so Joshua raised up their sons in their place, And it was these that he circumcised. And they were still uncircumcised since they had not been circumcised along the way. And after an entire nation had been circumcised, they stayed where they were in the camp until they recovered. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the disgrace of Egypt from you. Therefore, that place is called Gilgal to this day. We see four things tonight from this Scripture on what sets you apart. The first thing we see is the rumors of change. The rumors of change. We saw in verse 1 that just the fact that God provided to get them over to the other side of the river spread, that truth spread across the nation, and there were rumors of what was going on in the people's lives. So much to the point that even though these foreign kings had never seen the Israelites, they were afraid because they had heard what God was doing in the other people's lives, in God's people's lives, in the Israelites' lives. Just at the simple word, it said they were discouraged. And the truth is this. When you start trying to live for Jesus, word is going to spread. Because here's here's the truth. If you're like me, if you've tried to do this thing like I've tried to do, this is probably what you've identified with more than standing firm for Jesus. You've probably lived, to the most part, an inconsistent life. You've wanted to live for Jesus, but it's difficult, right? You're in school, you're on sports teams, and so there are times when you can step up and do great things for God, but then there's some times where you get mad, you get upset, you say things you wish you wouldn't have said, you do things you wish you wouldn't have done, you went places you wish you wouldn't have gone, and so when you try to live for Jesus, your life has probably and or could be identified as inconsistent at best. And I get that because that would probably be what I would classify a lot of my earlier years as inconsistent. And so it was difficult for me in my mind to really try to really push hard in living for Jesus and not not only for myself because I mean we're only in control of our lives but it's when we start trying to influence others that we start becoming a little hesitant right because we're like I've been so inconsistent and all of these other people have seen me inconsistent so how can I really say hey you need to be coming to church with me or hey you need to you need to try Jesus out because man he changed my life and the truth is these these rumors of things going in your life they spread Right? We live in a small town. You go to a small school. Everybody knows everything about everybody, right? or so you think. And so when you decide, or if you ever decide, hey, I'm going to be legit in this. I am truly going to live for Jesus. Rumor's going to spread, and there's going to be a lot of people that doubt. We hear things going on in their life. Oh, they said they made this decision at a revival somewhere or some kind of student weekend. Or they went to church on that Wednesday night and they gave their life to Jesus. But there's going to be people who question it. But the truth is, people are going to be talking if you decide to stand up and live for Jesus. That's just reality. You know that it's going to be true. And so the the thing is, what are you going to do about these rumors of change? Are you going to let it discourage you and keep you from living the calling that God has called you to live, this being set apart and being different than the world, because everybody is telling you just live for you. Do what you want to do. Blend in. Don't don't try to make people uncomfortable by living for Jesus, or don't try to stand up and do the right thing. Just, Just go with the flow. So what are you going to do about these rumors of change? Are you going to say, yeah, they're true? You know what? Maybe for the first time I met this guy named Jesus and I'd went to church my whole life and I never understood it, but the light bulb has finally come on and I get it now. Or maybe you could be like, I've been in church for so long and I yeah, I knew that this is how I should be living, but I just haven't. I just haven't been living a consistent life and I'm tired of it. I'm tired of li- being one way here and another way here. I'm tired of fracturing my life and trying to d- decide and I just I want to be all in. And so yeah, these rumors are true. But the, tr- the first thing we see from this story is that there's going to be rumors of change. If you truly want to change and set yourself apart, yourself set yourself apart. Then you have to be willing to own up to the decisions you made and to speak to these rumors that are going on. But not only were there rumors of change, there was reason for change. Why did these Israelites need to physically set themselves apart from the world around them. It was because while they proclaimed Jesus, they had no other commitment to Him other than name only. They were God's people by name, but they were not God's people by their actions. Because up to that point, what set them apart as God's people was a physical act, what we see in the Bible called circumcision. So when people saw them, they see these are God's followers because they look differently on the outside than the rest of the world looks. Now, we don't do that today. We we talk about the idea of a circumcision of the heart. It's an an inward thing, so that might be a little bit harder for us to see, but to see that the reason is still the same for us to change. Because if we're going to be set apart, then when we do have that change on the inside, the change of our heart, then we start acting differently toward others because we want others to see Jesus through us. And so it changes the way that we talk. To other people it changes the words that we use it changes the responses that we give it changes the respect that we give the obedience that we give it changes things about us the Bible tells us from the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks and so if you're saying you know what I'm having inconsistency with the words that I'm saying or the life that I'm living then look at the reason for those things are you allowing more bad things in your life influence you are good things are you allowing God to influence you or are you allowing the world you have to look for this reason of change God was pointing them back and he said look your fathers before you they had the physical sign of change but their spiritual side wasn't there while they physically obeyed me they spiritually were far from me they still even though they said I'm a Christian they weren't living that way have any of you all am I the only one that's done that as well you say, yeah, I go, to, I go to church. Maybe you say, hey, I go to First Baptist Church if this is where you say you go. I'm a Christian. I proclaim Jesus. And so on the outside you say, I'm a Christ follower. But then that's where it ends. Nothing else looks like Jesus. Nothing else would point people to Jesus other than you saying, yeah, that's me. Or maybe you're starting to make that change in your life. And inwardly, you've made that commitment to God. You're trying to read your Bible more. You're trying to pray more. You're trying to seek Him and do the right thing. And so now on the inside, you're changing, but you you haven't taken that outward step yet and said, you know what? I'm different. My life is not the same. I've done all of those things, yes. And you can't go back and change your past mistakes, but what you can do is change the life that you're living right now. You cannot go back and change the junk that you've done, the trash that you've left up behind, but you can start picking it up today and saying tomorrow I'm not going to leave that same legacy. The reason for change. You have a reason to live your life for Jesus. The reason is this. God loved you enough. He sent His Son Jesus to die on the cross for you so that you in your unique, divinely inspired life could have a life of hope and reason and purpose. God did not create you to live this life, and to waste it and throw it away doing what you want to do. We can have a million different wants and dreams and desires in our life, but the truth is God created you for one purpose. And that purpose is to live in relationship with Him. And I promise you, no matter what you do outside of that, no matter how many things you try to fill that God void with in your life, it will leave you empty. And there might be some of you thinking, well, Ryan, you're, you're crazy. I've tried God and you know, I still didn't feel like I was satisfied, so I'm going to try all these other things. Did you truly give God the full reign of your life? Have you truly followed Him? Because I promise you, these other things aren't going to do it. You have a reason for change. So we see the rumors of change, the reason for change. Third, we see the recovery and change. The Bible is, when you look at it and when you truly read it and get through the pages, the Bible is not a G or PG rated book. It gets pretty explicit in some parts. And so we can understand, if you understand what circumcision is, why these guys would have to take a few days off to rest and to recover, right? It makes sense. But the truth is this. Even if you're right in the middle of God's will, and even if you do exactly what God tells you to, (laughs) the process will not always be painless. And the scars from the past life and your disobedience still might be there tomorrow. And it might take you a little while to recover and get back on track, but that doesn't mean that you aren't aren't doing what God is calling you to do. Sometimes some of us give up in the recovery process. You know, if you've spent a life falling into lust or falling into acceptance from other people or, or using language you shouldn't be using or listening to music you shouldn't be listening to or watching things on the internet on your phone under the private tab where nobody else can track what you're searching, if you've lived your life doing that, and then you give your life to Jesus, guess what? If you do that tonight, tomorrow you're still going to have that thought in your back in your mind that I need to do that. I, I want to do that. You're going to have the temptation to do that. The recovery process, it's not going to stop tomorrow because you decided to set, be set apart tonight. It's still going to be there. The struggle is still going to be there. Don't give up in the recovery. Just because it's sore, just because it's, it's difficult, just because you're still struggling, don't give up. Be willing to say, God, I'm willing to work through this this tough stuff to get out of the addiction of sin in my life and to get onto a road of recovery for You. Don't give up in the recovery. Don't give up in the process. It's not going to be easy. God hasn't promised us it would be easy. But I promise you it'll be worth it. What sets you apart? There's recovery in the change. It takes time. There's rumors. There's a reason. There's recovery. Finally, fourth, the result. The result of change. This is like... This, this little verse is so easy to be overlooked, but, but listen to this. Verse 9, it said, The Lord then said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the disgrace of Egypt from you. Therefore, that place is called Gilgal, which means to roll to this day. What was the result of change in their life? This is such an easy little thing to, to overlook. It said that what was removed from this generation when they finally followed God was the disgrace of Egypt. Or slavery. But the crazy thing about it is this generation didn't even live in Egypt. They were never there. They were never enslaved. This generation never saw slavery. They were born in the wilderness. They were born into freedom. But apparently, even though they were born into freedom, they still lived like they were slaves. And so Joshua stood before the people and said the disgrace that has been on your family lineage for years because your family was enslaved, here today because you decided to trust in God, that disgrace is rolled away and it does not define you anymore. And some of you need to take that message tonight because you have lived a life of sin. You've lived a life of disobedience from God. And so you're saying... God, I want to trust in You. And maybe you have put your trust in Him, but you're still living in the disgrace of the past life you used to. And God is wanting to tell you tonight that He wants to set you apart. And part of that is He is going to remove the disgrace and the shame and the guilt of that past life. And He's going to roll it right on over. Take it from you and remind you that you were born into freedom through His Son Jesus. So stop living in the disgrace of the life you used to live. I saw a quote the other day that says, Satan knows you by your name, but he'll call you by your sin. And God knows you by your sin, but he'll call you by your name. And I know I can only speak to myself, but I know that so many times I sit in services like this where I want to be set apart. I want to actually follow through with what I know God's calling me to. But then it's like little notifications in my mind that go ping, ping, ping. Ryan, don't you remember when you said this? Ryan, don't you remember when you did this? Ryan, don't you remember when you thought this? How could God ever use you? How could you ever lead anybody else? You know how much you struggle. You know how much you are undeserving of all of this. Don't you know that this is the life that you've lived or this is the life you're living? You feel undeserving, unqualified, unable to do the call that God has called you to. You're like, Ryan, I'm 11, 12 years old. I'm in 7th or 8th grade. Ryan, I'm a junior or senior in high school. I have the rest of my life ahead of me. How how can I truly be set apart? You don't realize the, the pressure that is on me. You don't realize the difficulty and the judgment that comes upon being a teenager in this day and age. You don't realize the temptation that's at my fingertips because I have the world right here. And I have access to anything that I want to look at or anything I want to do. And so I try to live for Jesus, but I am 24-7 tempted with the world. Ryan, how could I possibly be set apart? And just like... God said to Joshua, He wants to say to you, Today, I'm going to roll away the disgrace of your previous slavery. And I, and I pray that right here in this place today, that you can set up a spiritual marker, like we talked about last week, and say today is the day that this disgrace is not going to define me anymore. Satan is still going to try to speak these lies into my life, but I'm going to remember the promises of God that I'm his child, that I'm forgiven, and that I have a plan. He has a plan for me.